Coach's Corner with Coach Heck and the infamous Coach Patrick King. You're stuck with me, man. I'm stuck. You are stuck with me. I ain't going anywhere. Um, there's a lot of people that are jealous of me for sitting here, and there's some people yeah, that, that is, there's a little sympathy going on at the same time. There's more people that are sympathetic to you. I'm just saying that much right now. Ron, you know you're second in the state in tees. When I go talk to Turkovich at the scores get table, a picture. I said, get as many pictures as you can. <laughs> and you ain't that good. The scouting report said you were pretty good. You ain't that good. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? We are not kidding you, man. We are back on a, on our favorite Monday night uh, at the great Bar Louis, where the food is phenomenal. The ambiance downstairs with about a hundred TVs. There's a great crowd down there uh, tonight. I, I don't know if they have There's a party a going on, but a um, lot of people. Uh, Tuesday night, half half price burgers, right? Right, exactly. I, I talked mean, to some people over the weekend. They said, "Yeah, we're here all the time." I said, "Well, we're here on Monday night." Yeah, so I, I just I think it's a great place. Our intro music, obviously, uh, played by the great Black Sedan Band uh, down in Birmingham, Alabama. My brother, the great Donnie Heck, is the uh, is the drummer and can chop it out with anybody. Um, so if you if you like their music, I mean, go on uh, YouTube and, and click their music if you like it. You and you want them to play, let me know. Get a hold of him. They do they do travel. Uh, a couple of our major sponsors, uh, and we'll get into our other sponsors here a little bit uh, later. But Tony Letcher at um, Health Markets Insurance, whether you need help with your health insurance or Medicare, it's the it is the right time for the right coverage for the right price. Call Tony at 574-307-8882. You see him on your screen there or visit his website at tletcher.com. Um, Han Funeral, man, they've been with us. They've been with us this, this whole 28-week segment, man. Yep. And the loss of a loved one can leave you with lots of unanswered questions and stress at Han Funeral Homes of Mishawaka. We're here to help. It's a family-owned uh, funeral home. They're, uh, I mean, the people that work there, my son works there, Aaron Bugsy, a.k.a. Bugsy. I mean, you walk into the funeral home, he's got a badge on it that says Bugsy. So it, it automatically sets your heart at a little bit, at ease a little bit, right? comfort, sure. Yeah, yeah, and they're just really great. Han Funeral Homes located at 505 West 8th street in downtown mishawaka we're hoping to have pat han with us next week live good, maybe good. we'll maybe we'll talk about cremation maybe we'll talk about how you embalm somebody we might, you, you never know you uh, with us you never know you never know we're gonna have uh the great shane sumter on at about 7 20 shane is um you know and and there's a lot of time periods that that happen in the state i mean like lawrence north was the place to be i don't know 20 years ago when Olden and Conley right. and people moving in yeah. they're Late moving eight. in to the uh, to lawrence north it became hamilton southeastern it became fishers right now the great community of westfield they is attracting north. people they sure and north. uh shane's got a great program so so we'll talk we'll talk about him and and we'll talk to him We'll, we'll talk the uh, the Super Bowl. We'll talk uh, IU and Purdue. Um, 
we'll, we'll talk some other college uh, stuff. Uh, I, I got a couple of things on some college football, maybe. Right. You got high school. You got high school coming out of your wazoo, oh, I know. man. I was, uh, I was at the uh, girls' regional this weekend. That was the big deal for us, for the girls' basketball regional here in the state. So what games did you have? I was over at the 4A over at LaPorte. Got to see South Bend, Washington, and Lake Central. And got to see uh, Northridge and uh, Valpo. So obviously, those were two games that I, I I don't know. I mean, I'm not that much into girls basketball. I think it's I think it's great. And I'm not saying that to be negative, but I I, I kind of thought South Bend Washington might win that, and I thought uh, Northridge would win for sure. But they were just they were great games. Talk about that Washington game for a minute. Well, the region teams are good, and uh, the Washington game with Lake Central was a rematch from last year's semi-state. Uh, the two teams had played this year the very first game of the season, matter of fact, and Washington won a close game there. But it's interesting that the coach at Lake Central is our, our friend Joe Huppenpaul from South Bend Clay. You know, Joe and I coached against each other when he, you know, for 15 years when he was at Clay and I was at Adams. And then uh, I went to Madison and, to coach boys, and he headed, headed for the region's been coaching the girls over there for the last eight or 10 years. Was that a close game? Never. Never a close game. Uh, Lake Central jumped. It was nine to nothing. They pitched a shutout first quarter. Jeez. And, uh, and they, they had and, a, they had a no hitter going on uh, on on South Bend Washington. Well, and, in, uh, in in ping pong we call that a skunk, don't yes, we? Yes, it was. I mean, I mean, eleven zip is a skunk. They just it was, they just jumped on him. I think it was nineteen to ten at the half. I mean, to think that you can hold Washington to ten points at the half was uh, was a, an accomplishment itself. So the defense was really good. Washington. Came back, closed the gap to maybe two or four at the end of three, and then uh, Lake Central just ran off and hid in the fourth quarter. Washington uh, got seniors, or, or, or they have no, players coming back? I, I had mentioned in the pregame, if you're going to get Washington, this is a year to do it. They have zero seniors. And they're all coming back they're, next they're year. All so, they're all freshmen, sophomores, and juniors, so they have everybody coming back. Yeah, that's that's good for that's and, good for Steve Reynolds. Yes, and then the, uh, the second game um, – Northridge led for 31 minutes and got beat. You're kidding me. They led for 31 minutes. Man. Valpo, Valpo uh, came back, took the lead by, uh, I think that was a two-point game for one possession. Wow, and what they, a game. They, they came back, they came down, and, uh, and uh, then you know Northridge came back and tied it, and then it got to be a one-point game, and I think the final score was the second, was the second time he scored with eight seconds left. And then uh, Northridge came down and, and didn't get a shot. Uh, they, 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 they bounced it off their foot, and, and uh, the ball got knocked loose, and they ended up never, never got a shot. So, so did you tell your boss, the great John Overmeyer, that you the, 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 don't pay me for that game? It was such a yeah, great it was game. it a great game. I was, I'll do and it. you did it for free? Yeah, I did it for, oh, for, I did that's it for the so food. nice of you. I told him I'd do it for the food, so you know what he did? He sent me the hospitality room. That, and the food was free. Oh, John. Come on, Johnny. Be good. John said, here, I'll treat you. Come so, on, so man. He brought. He said, sit down here. So he went over and he got a piece of pizza, brought me a piece of pizza. Oh, so that geez. Was, that I was, thought. I, I'm on my bad. I, I thought John, you know, John moves up to administration now, right? I know. And as an administrator, I thought he's going he's gonna to take care of you, man. You would think. Yeah. Oh, man, the great Pat King. Hey, Super Bowl Sunday, man. I know. Hey, before we do that, we're, we're, you had some stuff going on yesterday. You've got some new new puppies. You've got some new dogs. No, nah, man, those tell, little tell things are – Tell us about I the got, dogs. 
So my St. Bernard, I lost our St. Bernard in, in September, 14 years old. It was just time for, we had to put her down. I swore, I swore on a stack of Bibles. I am not getting another dog. I want freedom, right? right. Freedom. So you I want to, I mean, we want to go to Michigan or, or pick apples or pick cherries you guys got or whatever. Nest, you're empty nesters. Yeah. Now yeah. You, you can pick and choose. And, and I was good to that for about six weeks. I'm coming home. I'm coming home on Cleveland Avenue on, on Cleveland. I mean, just before I get to Ironwood, I see a sign, Bernadoodle puppies. Bernadoodles. <laughs> so I pass it. Right. I, and then the next street, for some strange reason, I turn right and I go to it. But I passed it initially. I go to oh, it. Dear. In my heart, I'm saying, eh, let me just go look. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, little puppies are cute. Let me look. Curiosity. Yep. Yeah. So then I get there, and they, there's eight of them. Scott, there's eight of them. Scott, are they cute? Yeah. they're. That, I'm taking them <laughs> to get their second round of shots. I don't know. The guy holding the cart's pretty good looking. I'm just saying, man. I don't know. Ter Terry Turner, where are you? What would you say today? Terry, yeah. Terry wanted to know if you did okay. Did if if I know when it passed yeah, out, right? Wanted to know Terry Turner and Charlotte Danforth yeah. were, were picking on you. I read that. No, I, I'm cool. But anyway, the second mistake I made, I call my sweet Monica and say, hey, baby, why don't you come to this address? And she goes, what for? And I said, just come. She walks in. She sees these eight dogs running around. Her face gets big and smiling and happiest I've seen her in a long time. Third mistake I make, they have two females, and we like female dogs. I don't, I don't know. I mean, like male dogs are always hunching you. The yeah. rocket's flying out, and they're always hunching you, man. Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 uh, yeah. And okay. so I said, I ain't getting a male dog, man. I don't, if I'm going to hunch, I'm going to hunch myself, you yeah. know? <laughs> and so that's where you get the prices right you got yeah. to spade and neuter them you know take care of that yeah and so we uh so there's two females one's the runt one's another one i say monica which one you want she goes i i want this one i said well, i want this one. Oh dear let's get both of them because so, they got buddies so yeah they got a buddy scott, so we got scott, both show us that shopping cart again you got how many i got two. Oh dear i got two and the one on the left is willow tree um, Willow Tree Hecklinski, and the one on the right is Ivy Lou Pinella Hecklinski. So there, there they are, man. And uh, got a got a dog named Lou Pinella. Lou Ivy Lou Pinella. Oh dear. So yeah, we're there. So there they are, man. They're moving a little bit. No, so a live picture, and and you tell me they're looking at a Bernadoodle, right? There's they're, they're looking at a at a at a grown Bernadoodle right in front of us. Because if, if you go to Tractor Supply on certain times, you ain't, you know, I mean, you don't have to make appointments and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's my life. That's the life of dogs oh, with Ron boy. Eklinski. Super Bowl Sunday. Um, what, what are your just your quick first initial thoughts? I was, I was in, impressed. I, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Kansas City worked awful hard to get here. They're going to be hard to beat. And uh, same thing we've talked about. He's pulling a Brady. You give you give Mahomes two minutes, and he's going to score. Yeah, but so my so then my thought on it was he didn't play very well early. The first the half, first he, half was he didn't average. he did not play well. He missed some easy looks, and I don't say easy, but for for NFL quarterbacks, he had some wide open looks. But I'll tell you what, I believe won that Super Bowl for Kansas City was their defense. Oh, no, no doubt. Because while uh, Mahomes was not lighting it up, their defense 
kept Brock Purdy, uh, kept you know, I mean, I mean, kept they? it close. Well, how the only can you guys still them? appreciate a good defensive battle? Because I thought the battle on the defensive lines was phenomenal. Watching uh, Nick Bosa and Chase Young on San Francisco's D line was amazing. If the 49ers would have won, I thought Bosa would have had a shot at MVP. Yeah, but then it would have been Juwan Jennings for scoring a, t- a TD and throwing a TD. But then Chris Jones for the uh, the uh, Chiefs, what was amazing, uh, Carl Loftus, you, you'll like hearing this, Scott, from Purdue, was really, really good. He's been in the league two years and won two Super Bowls. Yeah. Might I as well did. just retire. Pretty good stuff. No, that that's that's really good stuff. But then, but then on on the two drives that Mahomes had to take him down and had to score, he was vintage Mahomes. Yes, very good. I mean, vintage Mahomes, uh, and, and not playing and not playing with a who's who list of wide receivers, just average wide receivers, with the exception of, of a first ballot Hall of Famer, Travis Kelsey. And Kelsey's played well here in the playoffs. Yeah, and sure. he didn't. He didn't make an impact until probably the second half and maybe halfway through the third quarter. Well, and I, I think a lot of that had to do with you had two very good teams that were very well scouted, and there were a lot of adjustments that were made in that halftime. They knew what they wanted to do. Well, no, they had, they had 45 minutes yeah, to an hour. That's for sure. And uh, But they came out third quarter. I thought you saw it was a – Things started to happen in the third quarter. Yeah, and I and here's exactly what happened. The NFL directors um, went and got Andy Reid in the hallway, and they said, "Listen, you got to start throwing some passes to Kelsey because we got to get Taylor Swift on the TV here. We got to get her on the screen, man, because the we ratings were, go up." Well, and I, I was reading where people had where people had drinking games going during the uh, Super Bowl that every time. There was a picture of Taylor Swift. They were taking they a shot. Take a shot. They had to take a drink. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> now we didn't. We didn't do that. We, no, we did. But but uh, I was reading where all the different things between you know betting on the coin toss, betting on what color the Gatorade was, and betting on how long the national anthem would be. Know, and by the way, Reba, Reba was great. And they you know they predicted. They said well, the average. Like we re, we even talked about the average national anthem is like two minutes and ten seconds. And they said Reba had had sung the national anthem in previous events and she was usually right around 90 seconds uh-huh now, maybe it was stock car races or something i don't know but they were guessing 90 seconds and and somebody said she was right at 90 90 91 seconds for the anthem so what do you guys yeah. think of uh san francisco taking the ball first in overtime because th- there's a lot of people on the radio down here in dallas that are saying that kyle shanahan forgot what the rule was in the new uh playoff overtime format where well, both, see, both teams regardless can get the ball yeah i didn't know that that so the, the thing was, if they didn't score at the end of the first overtime, they would have just changed ends, right, Scott? And it would have been third down and goal with a new 15 on the clock. Correct. That's the way yeah. I understood it. And the 49ers didn't know that. I could have seen them when it goes to zero. They would have run out on the field and said, we won. Yeah, so I so and and uh, and so that is as played out now, I mean, kind of big because Kyle Shanahan said that, well, we knew all about it, and as a coaching staff, we, we had made plans if this happened, blah, blah, blah. But then they interviewed the players for San Francisco, and the players said, we, we had no idea that there was a new rule for overtime. Our coaches didn't talk to us at all. And then you, you flip it to the, the Kansas City side, and every Kansas City player said to a man, 
we knew exactly because we we've been practicing the last two weeks as if over as if situations. yeah and um and so there was some discrepancy there um would it have made any difference? Uh, well, I read uh, something somewhere that Mecole Hardman that caught the last touchdown pass didn't realize that they had won until Patrick Mahomes run was like running over to him going crazy because he caught the ball and just kind of scored. He was happy, obviously, that they scored, but I don't think he realized that they had won immediately. Yeah, there was kind of a delay in celebration. I noticed that. Yeah, and so I don't so I think then that every that's that, that when you redo the coin toss that when you go out there for the overtime, that the officials are real clear in how they're explaining, this is the overtime period, mm-hmm. this is what's going to happen, blah, blah, blah. So I, I think I think some of the players knew. But, I, I mean, I mean, if I were to, to take a shot and say, who's adva- I mean, whose advantage of it is either to play defense first or be on offense first? Yeah, so that would have been the key. It'd be almost like the college idea. Do you want yeah, to ball exactly. first, or do you want to play defense first? And 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 if 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 you play defense first, and now they kick a field goal or whatever, then you know exactly what you have to do to win. Um, but I, I I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Scott? I I didn't like Kyle Shanahan's explanation of why they took the ball first. I would have accepted the fact if if he had just said that their defense had been on the field for a long time and their defense was just exhausted. So they wanted to give their defense a rest. I I would have bought that a little bit, but his, his whole explanation of they ran the analytics and they wanted to, they wanted to get the ball third so that when it went sudden death after the first two possessions, then they could just walk off with a field goal. I, I don't, I don't know if I buy that because like, like you guys had said, you give Patrick Mahomes any, Especially if Patrick Mahomes knows what he has to do to go win the game, he's going to go win exactly. the game. Yeah. Well, because I think I read someplace where they Kansas City people had had talked where they had already made decisions that if if uh, the 49ers would have scored seven and it would have been seven zero, that if they would have scored, they were going for two. Yeah, exactly. And and, and they and they had practiced they, plays yeah. for two weeks they on how gonna, to get to. They weren't going to get. They weren't going to give Shanahan that set, that third possession. Yeah, I mean, you're either going to. I mean, there's no tie. Right. I mean, we're either going to win it or we're going to lose. They weren't going to tie and go to the go to a second overtime. Hey, so 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 I think I think this is a uh, a very interesting point that that I was listening to some people talk about today, Brock. Purdy, uh, Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick in the draft, blah, blah, blah. No, and, and that's not that's not saying that he's not a good quarterback because, because I mean, I heard today that there were five or six teams that would have tried to sign him as an undrafted free agent. So so people knew about him, and obviously the 49ers did too, and, and you know, used the last pick to take him. But um, they were saying that if Kendall Vildor, if the ball wouldn't have hit him in the head, and he would have intercepted that ball that the lions would have won and all the brock and all the brock purdy mania you know would have been tempered a little bit and uh and maybe the 49ers would have been in the market for another quarterback and 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 that's just i mean i mean that just goes to show you how inexact quarterback evaluation is because if he intercepts that ball then is is Brock Purdy all this oh, and that in a bag of chips? Is he all of a sudden not a good quarterback? Yeah, and so the the inexact science 
of all of it because in a couple of weeks now, and you and I will break this down in a couple of weeks, you know, the Chicago Bears, I'll allow my hat. I saw your hat. The Chicago Bears are going to make that decision, whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams. And I do have a comment in the chat about that hat, by the way. What 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 do we got? Uh, Chloe <laughs> says, nice hat, go Bears. Get him, Chloe. Cl thank you. Thank you, Chloe's Chloe. One of, Chloe's one of Sophia's buds. All right. So they're, 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 thank that's you. an inside that's an inside job. I appreciate that, man. But Scott, hey, I do know some breaking news on quarterbacks. I did see where the Steelers and Trubisky mutually decided to part ways today. No, listen to me. That wasn't mutual at all. <laughs> hey, Mitch, you gone. Hey, hey. I saw the word mutual used yeah. in the comments. No, no. I mean, no mutuality at all. Well, he's now on waivers. Yeah, so so who so I mean Kenny Ken Harrelson, the old uh, announcer for the White Sox, right? Hawk. When, Hawk Harrelson, when anybody would strike out, he, he said gone. He gone. You know, hey Mitch, he gone. You, you know, gone. You know Hawk Harrelson you played golf up. He was a member at Nowood Country Club. He lived right there. Yeah, he still he, lives in Granger, doesn't he? And he does live in yeah. Granger. His, his grandson played basketball for South Ben Adams, but Mitch you gone. gone. We can say mutual, that's but funny. you gone. Hey, listen. Can put it on the board. Yes. All right. Hey, Scott, why don't you guys do? Was a White Sox fan, right? I'm going to yeah, get the great Shane Sumter on the line. Hit us with some commercials, Scott. We'll be back. We'll have. We're going to talk Westfield basketball. All right. Uh, before we do that, go to MagicMind.com/slash/ron. Use the code Ron for twenty percent off. So uh, you're not using Prevagen and getting addicted to. Uh, memory pills. I don't know if they're addictive or not, but you know, it's, it's better for you than, than taking drugs. So there you go. Magicmind.com slash Ron, use the code Ron for 20% off. <clears throat> and then our uh, apparel sponsor, MailReg, which I'm not wearing right now. It's in the laundry, but uh, MailReg.com slash IND coaches corner, get you 10% off. It's basically free shipping. It's good stuff. Hoodies, polos, quarter zips. Um, I think they have pants. I don't remember if they had pants or not. Whatever. It's good stuff. Go check that out. And uh, we will be right back. Andy Kern is a real estate broker with Weikert Realtors, Jim Dumphy & Associates. The office is locally owned but has big company resources behind it that many smaller real estate offices just don't have. Whether you're selling your fifth house or buying your starter home, Andy can help. He has six years of real estate experience and is a lifelong St. Joe County resident. Jim Dunphy & Associates has decades of local experience. Call or text broker Andy Kern at 574-386-4479 for great local service. He is the Colonel. James Carpenter is a real estate broker with Weikert Realtors, Jim Dunphy & Associates. The office is locally owned, but it has big company resources behind it that many smaller real estate offices just don't have. Whether you're selling your fifth house or buying your starter home, James can help. James is a South Bend lifer and has six years of real estate experience. Jim Dunphy & Associates has decades of local experience. Call or text broker Jim Carpenter at 574-292-CARP. That's 292-2277 for great local service. Fricks Driving School has been named the best driving school in Michiana. Fricks was started in 1960 and is located on Edison Road in Mishawaka. If your child is 15, you can get them started at Fricks. There are multiple instructors available for your driving lessons. Check out the broadcastsport.net main page and click on the Fricks icon to get more information. There you can find out more information and instructions to enroll your new driver. Fricks Driving School, a proud sponsor of Coach's Corner on broadcastsport.net. Chiropractic and well 
Hello, I'm Dr. Karch, and I want to invite you to stop by my office on Cleveland Road in South Bend, just east of Portage Avenue. I've been serving Michiana for over 20 years, specializing in back pain, neck pain, headaches, naturally with gentle chiropractic care. Come see me for a free consultation. Oh, man. Are you kidding me? We have the great Shane Sumter with us. Um, Shane's a longtime uh, assistant of mine at Anderson High School. Shane, how you doing, man? See if he's on here. What do we got to do, Scott? I wonder if you're Bluetoothed. Shane, you there? We're working on it. All right. I mean, do you have him connected? Yeah, he's ta- He's on the phone. Hang Is the on. Bluetooth on? I've had it. Yeah, it's blinking right now. So now talk to him. Say, Shane, you there? Sump. I don't know if we have hex phone Bluetooth yet. All right, let me. All right, why, why don't we... Why don't See, we... everybody, this is the beauty of uh, me not being there as we run into issues like this where it's... Uh, welcome to our brand new segment called Help Boomers D- Connect a Bluetooth Device. All right, well, I got... Tell, tell, tell heck how to Bluetooth his phone. Uh, no. go, to your, go to your settings and then Bluetooth. I got, I got it. All right. Settings on Bluetooth. All right. Then what? I push this little button. Is it in the... Uh, devices on your bluetooth to select from bta yep. right push you up hit that connected we're there shane you there i'm here what's happening how are you i'm good how about yourself oh, oh man so for our, our listeners uh shane sumter uh was a great high school basketball player at frankton high school played for the legendary rex bocker right I did. I did. Yeah. I've known Rex a long time. Yeah. Rex is, Rex is, was awesome. And, and then, and, and, and Rex came up under the great Calvin Bailey and all of the great stories of, of the two, three zone and the, and the flex offense at Frankton. And then, and then Shane went on and had a nice career at Anderson university. And then we hired him at Anderson high school, uh, to be our JV coach. He, he coached, I don't know, maybe maybe three or four years uh, with the boys at the Wigwam, right? Well, I think it was more like six. I was there five or six with you, Coach. Yeah. Dang, yeah. six yeah, years? I, I, yeah, you had to put up with me for a while, I'll tell you. How did you not pull your hair out? Time flies when you're having fun, right? It, it does. It certainly does. Yeah, no, we, we had a, I mean, the, the basketball at Anderson High School, the wigwam, the whole thing. I mean, and you knew about it being in the county playing at Frankton. That had to be kind of cool. I mean, coming right out of college and, 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 and getting to start in a program like that, right? Well, it was unbelievable. When I, when I, when I got hired at Anderson to teach and coach, I, it was like a dream come true. I mean, I grew up in Madison County and um, I, I still talk about the wigwam to this day and uh, to be able to coach there, you know, for, you know, five or six years with you at the wigwam. And um, just, it was a, uh, for a younger guy getting his start, um, it was a, uh, just a tremendous opportunity. And uh, 
I enjoyed every day. Yeah, and then and then you went and switched over to the girls' side. You became the head girls coach at Anderson High School. Uh, I did that for what three years, maybe? No, just uh, I was I was just there for one, and then um, you know you could kind of see the writing on the wall where they were going to close down Highland, and uh, so I started looking for a job just because I knew teachers were going to get ripped, and uh, with the closing of Highland. Um, so I, I applied for a few jobs, and I ended up getting the uh, the Westfield girls job, <laughs> um, and I, I did that for seven years, and then uh, took over the boys program. So I've uh, been at Westfield for a while, but um, yeah, I was I believe I was at Anderson for a total of seven, six with you, and one with the girls. Yeah. So um, a ninth year at Westfield, a record of 128 and 82. Uh, took any, and I know you didn't take over for the great Brad Lindsay, but but our good friend Brad, uh, yeah. uh, who went into it, the administrative side of it, uh, uh, was the head coach at Westfield. We used to play Brad a little bit, and yeah. uh, I mean he did a great job there. Was he influential with you going back to Westfield then? Well, Brad's been influential to me um, for a very long time. Um, you know, uh, when I was with you, we did play Westfield, and, and Brad was the coach there. But, um, you know, Brad was an assistant at Anderson University many years ago when I was in high school. And that, that was actually my first run-in with Brad. And then I got to know him a little bit. And then, um, you know, just one thing led to another. And I, I've remained friends with Brad um, to this day. And we, we talk um, – you know, if not every every week, every other week. But, um, yeah, he got out of coaching and went to um, administration, and he's been a superintendent for many years at, at Marion and Mooresville. And uh, he left Westfield many years ago and went to Jay County as their athletic director. Um, so, yeah, I've known Brad for many years, and he's definitely one of my mentors, as you are, Coach. Um, but uh, just 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 very much a great guy, and I've stayed in touch with him over the years. So the, the program – uh, that you have developed at Westfield now is 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 outstanding. This year you're 16 and two. A couple years ago you you, you coached uh, uh, Mr. Basketball in, in in Braden Smith. Talk about your program now as you're in your ninth year and and where it was when you started. Uh, how hard you had to work to get it to where it is now. And 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 now I mean it's not it's not cruise control, but you have players. You have players coming through every year now, and and. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, well, you know, when I took over the job, you know, I was the girls coach there for many years. So I knew I knew, what, you know, what work we had to do because I'd been in the building for six or seven years. So I knew the program that had to be built there at Westfield. And, uh, you know, we had to create some excitement. We had to create a strong feeder program. And, um, you know, I knew that wasn't going to be done overnight. I knew it would take two, three, four years to do that. And um, by, you know, year four, we're you know, we, we have a kid named Brad Smith coming in as a freshman. Um, we end up playing in the Hall of Fame. We win that. We beat Cathedral. Um, you know, two years ago, we won the first sectional championship. So I, I knew I was going to, you know, we was going to have to roll our sleeves up and get to work. But I, I'm surrounded by great coaching staff. I've been I've been very blessed with a very supportive administration. As you know, Westfield is a growing community. Um, it's a very fast-growing school. Um, but the basketball tradition wasn't there, you know, 9, 10 12 years ago. It's, so it's something that we had to build. Um, I feel like, you know, certainly we've done that, um, but it, but it didn't, um, you know, it wasn't an overnight process. It just, it just really took time. And um, we got a lot of um, little kids running around Westfield that wants to be the next Braden Smith. So if you would have told me 10 years ago, this is the script that it's going to go, 
um, I probably would have signed off on it, to be honest with you. You know, it took three, four, five years, but, and then you, like I said, you got a brainsmith that comes in and, um, you know, just changes everything. And, uh, we've had a lot of sellout games. Um, you know, obviously Carmel's a big rival of ours now, but, uh, just extremely tough area for sports and for basketball. Braden was the real deal when he came in as a freshman, right? I mean, did you play him on the varsity as a freshman? Yeah, you know, he did. But, you know, Braden's a kid that had doubters. Uh, even as a freshman, he was 135 pounds and he, wow. he was 5'9". And people looked at him. And when I told when I told people, like, he'll be an Indiana All-Star, um, they looked at me like I was crazy because <laughs> he looked like a middle school kid. But once the game started, it didn't matter because he was just that good. And it, he just – it didn't matter that he was undersized. Um, he was just the most competitive kid that I've ever been around. Uh, he plays with a chip on his shoulder. He still does right now at Purdue. Uh, but, yes, he started every single game until he broke his foot his senior year, and he set out and then came back in the sectional, and we actually won it. And what he did in the sectional his senior year, I've never seen a player put on a performance in three games like he did. Yeah, so 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 there's a famous story going around that uh, – that his locker, uh, I mean, someone else was going to like use his locker the uh, yeah. the next year when he graduated, and and he would leave a pair of shoes in that for the next yeah. player. Did that happen? Was that true? It was. Yeah, I actually, um, I you know, Brayden had a story last week on the Big Ten the journey, and I was uh, interviewed for that, but I knew nothing about it. You know, the kids get to come in and they get to select their lockers each year. But I heard some um, roaring in the locker room, and uh, all of a sudden I walked out there and like, what is going on? Well, Braden had signed a pair of his shoes and left them in the locker oh, and didn't man. say anything to anybody. Um, it was a really cool thing. Uh, Braden's got a big heart. You know, he really does. And uh, that was a really cool thing. He was actually a freshman that made our JV team. Uh, that picked that locker out and got a pair of uh, Braden Smith autographed shoes. Um, I can't. I can't tell you how cool that is. Uh, and, and, and then and then he goes on, starts as a freshman in the Big Ten, and uh, you know Matt Painter's such a great coach, uh, and 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 he's lucky then that he gets to play with a with a seven foot four guy Edie. Yeah. I, I mean, I really believe this. I, I, think, I think as a freshman, he got worn down and, and just the expectations of, of what was going to be there for him and, and Fletcher Lawyer as freshman. Then at the end of the season, I thought they were worn down, but I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see him getting worn down now. I think he's a veteran. I think he knows how to take care of his body. And I see him getting stronger as the season progresses now, right? No, I believe so. No, I, I you know, those guys were, uh, you know, him and Fletcher Lawyer um, were freshmen last year. And, uh, you know, I, I obviously Purdue is one of the best teams in the country. I think those guards are more experienced. Um, and, I, and I really believe they'll make a strong run here. But um, Braden's gotten better. And one thing that he's done this year that he didn't really do last year is he's scoring more for Purdue. If you watch Braden in high school, I mean, he was averaging 20-some a game. And he was uh, – could knock down the three, could get to the rim, he could do all those things. And, and last year – I thought he was a little bit passive, and actually a funny story, um, you know, they were two weeks into practice last year, and I get a phone call. I'm, I'm at Kroger uh, with my wife, and it, 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 it was – What are you buying at Kroger? What are you buying? I was just going – hey, I was at late night trying to get, get some snacks. Get some grub, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it was, uh, it was a weeknight, and, and my phone rang, and it was Coach Painter. But uh, he, was, he was actually talking to me about some of the things that we did for Braden High School and getting him to score, but he was letting me know, like, hey, I'm – I'm trying to get Braden to shoot and to be more assertive as a scorer, and I'm not able to get him to do that. So 
I, I think that's one thing that Braden has done better this year is, is he's scoring. He had 19 the other night against IU. And I think that's changed a lot of things because people have a hard time guarding that high ball screen because Braden's knocking down shots now. Yeah, I think so too. I, th- I think people are last year, they went under a little bit. I don't think they're going, yeah. I don't think they're going under now be- because he can step back and make that shot. And, and, and I think it's a matter of time now uh, uh, before he gets a triple double because he's always, he's always tracking down long rebounds. And, 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 and so the fact that, that he'll get double-digit rebounds wouldn't surprise me. And then his assist. I mean, he's a, he's a great passer. So so I think it's a matter of time before he starts getting some triple-doubles. No, I no, I, I he was a great rebounder in high school. And Brain's one of the best high school passers that I've ever been around. I told Coach Painter when when he called me the very first time ago, I, I don't know that I've seen a better passer in high, high school. Obviously, Conley was right up there. But as far as in Indiana being able to pass the ball, I I, I just never seen anything like Braden. And – um I think the whole country is taken aware of how how good he how good he really is, and he was very much under under um, recruited in high school until until uh, Purdue came on very late. Yeah, and so let's let's talk about this recent team now, man. Sixteen and two, and and I mean Pat and I were talking about this. Obviously, Westfield's got to be a a great place because you know I mean like Olden Conley, a lot of those players moving into Lawrence North. Players are moving into Westfield now, man. Uh, you get a six yeah. eight kid from New Zealand. How'd you? So so, how was your recruiting budget that you could go out to New Zealand and get this kid from New well, Zealand, I'll man? You, I'll, t- I'll tell you, I wish we did have a recruiting budget, man. That'd be <laughs> nice. But uh, no, no, you're right. I mean, like I said, Westfield's a, a growing area, and we've got a basketball tradition now. But um, yeah, um, you know, his sister played at Fresno State and uh, ended up getting a job with the Pacers, and um, he he was at uh, Oak Hill Academy in Virginia last year. And then um, he ended up moving with his sister here to Indiana when she got a job with the Pacers right out of uh, college. So we were just kind of fortunate. Um, like I said, uh, you know, you got to build a tradition, and um, uh, we're lucky to have a, the basketball program that we do. And uh, but Nick books his name, and uh, he's a he's a six eight senior for us, and certainly one of our uh, one of our better players this year. Yeah, and you're also playing Trey Buchanan, whose dad is is the GM yeah. of the Pacers, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Chad Buchanan, you know, Trey, Trey moved into Westfield as a seventh grader. I think uh, they were at Portland before when uh, Chad was with the Trailblazers and they moved in uh, as a, as a seventh grader. So Trey's been with us for a while. You know, he was a varsity player as a sophomore and played behind Braden Smith um, as a, as a point guard. Um, So he kind of backed up Braden as a sophomore. And then I think Trey took a lot of people by surprise last year because a lot of people think thought we were going to take a huge step back last year and we, you know, we won 16 or 17 games last year, and Trey had a tremendous junior year. Um, but he's a really good player. He's definitely one of our leaders. Um, and um, yeah, he's he's had a tremendous tremendous career. So at 16 and two, you got University, you got Franklin Central, you got Pike. So you're going to end up 19 and two uh, uh, heading uh, into your sectional. And, and and I know Pat does a lot of work with with you know strength of schedules and, and sectional opponents. What do you? I mean, who do you have in that sectional, Pat? Well, Shane, Shane, hey, it's good to hear from you. I uh, yeah, you uh, you might remember I was I was coaching at South Bend Adams back when you were probably sitting I, on the bench with Heck. I, I remember that. Yeah, you guys came to the wigwam and we had a special event, I believe, yeah, if we, I'm not mistaken. That, yeah, that was one of the Hex uh, organ donation nights. Yeah, 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 yeah. And South Bend Adams I, beats I, us. I mean, they beat us. What? I, I, so, I, yeah, 
I didn't read the script. Where, no, where, where you were see, supposed to beat us. He gave me, <laughs> yeah. see, he gave me a script that said, keep it closed. <laughs> so the game so that right. people won't leave early and then make sure, make sure we win at the end. Well, they threw the ball away a couple well, of times. And well, we forgot to tell Michael Bush the script because yeah, so, Michael Bush was your really good guard, yeah. man. So, uh, one thing All led to another. But listen, hey, speaking of sexuals, my goodness gracious, the sexual you guys oh have. I mean, it's a state tournament yeah. all rolled into one right there in that one week. And, and everybody knows that. But, you know, I I grew up in the wigwam in the 70s, and that's how this, it was the state final. The wigwam yeah. was the state finals. I think my senior year, we had four teams in the top 20 at the wigwam. So, and you, yeah. guys, you guys see that every, every week. I mean, you've got, yeah. uh, what, four of the top 10 right there in your sectional. Well, we got one. The new polls came out today. Fisher's one, Noblesville two, and us three. So you got one, two, and three in the same sectional. Yes. Um, and, and it's it's like that every year. And I and I know I'm a little bit biased, but sectional eight, uh, as far as a four race sectional, I, I just don't know that there's anything like it. It's just such a it's it's a meat grinder to get out of it. Um, there's no easy draw. When everybody always asks me, hey, who do you want to draw? I'll take the bye. It's yes. one less game that you have to play because it's not like you can draw somebody that's an easy team. I mean, you, you look at you look at those two those three teams I just said, and then you also throw Carmel in there, and you can never count Carmel out. Well, they just knocked off Fishers. They locked off Lawrence North last week. Um, so you can never you can never count out Carmel, and and they're supposedly a down year. So you got you know you got one, two, and three, and then Carmel and HSE's good. Um, Zionsville's good. Um, it's just a really tough sectional. But you're right. When I talk to people about the old wigwam days. I tell them, like, this, this is the way the wigwam used to be when you had Highland, Anderson, Madison Heights, and then the county teams were good. Yeah, you, uh, you know, the, you think it yeah, exactly Lapel or Alexandria, one of them was always in the top yeah. 20. Yeah, you had Garth Cohn's teams and Frankton and, and Lapel. You know, all the county teams were good as well. So, um, you know, the wigwam days, I mean, as far as the sectional, I, that, that, that's kind of what this reminds me of. Yeah. So speaking of the wigwam days, I, I, I'd be remiss if I did not bring this up as, <laughs> as you're a great guard, your senior year for Frankton, and we're, we're playing in the sectional championship game now for Frankton and, uh, and Anderson. And, yeah. um, it's a, it's a, it's a dog fight. It's a close game and we score. Um, and, and we're not pressing and you're bringing the ball up the court and, <laughs> and you veer towards uh, Coach Bockert because he's yeah, calling yeah. the play for you. You stand yeah. there. He's telling you the play and then you advance it back up. And before you get to the 10 second line, they call, <laughs> ten, they, ten they call a 10 second violation yeah. on you. I'm shocked. Yeah, I mean, I'm right? shocked. I, uh... <laughs> Well, I'll tell you how close the game was. I believe it went double overtime. It was at least overtime, if not double overtime. But, yeah, I still remember that. I was walking the ball up with no pressure, and all of a sudden I'm getting to the end end, and I and there was a whistle, and I thought somebody threw something on the floor. I didn't know what was going on, but all of a sudden it was a – it was the infamous 10-second call, Coach, that we talked about for many years. Well, and, and, and we've watched it. I mean, I mean, we counted it down. We watched it. Well, we, I mean, you, we, well, I think you counted fast. Well, what did we get to seven? What did we get to seven? Maybe. I think we got to seven and a half, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and that was a – Hey, we're yeah, – we the old tape. That was a big point in the game then because the turnover allowed us to go down and score. And oh, No, I mean, you and I – you and I have gone round and round, but uh, – 
but I will say this: even uh, as you were, you know, a young coach just out of out of Anderson University, I mean, you had a great you had a great intellect for the game. You you had a great passion for the game, and 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 to say that I that I could have predicted this success for you, I I, I almost surely could have predicted it because of, of of the knowledge, of the passion, and of your ability to relate to young kids, man. Well, I really appreciate that. I, I enjoyed every second coaching at the Wigwam with you. And like I said, you're definitely still one of my mentors. And uh, we, we had a great time there. And I, and I cherish those moments at the Wigwam and playing there and coaching. And um, cer- certainly a, uh, that was a great time in my life. Well, and we also cherish those Jimmy Buffett concerts, right? <laughs> We did, yeah. We were a couple of Buffy concerts. Yeah, right. yeah, and that's that's a bad deal, not because we can't go, but at but I digress, and I, I you know I want to say good luck to you. The draw is coming out next week, and uh, I know you'll have your guys ready. They'll be ready to play, and uh, you know we'll be looking at your scores and, and and rooting for you all the time, big boy. Well, hey, I appreciate you having me on. It's always great to catch up with you, but uh, thank you for having me on. All right, Pat, you got right. anything for him? I'm good. I'm looking forward to your sectional. I know you you, you might be looking forward to the sectional, but I, I always look forward to, to seeing the scores for that sectional down there. That's for sure. Yeah, tough one, tough one. Well, thank you, guys. Uh, you guys are doing a great job, and uh, enjoy listening to you guys. Hey, 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 say, hey, hey, say hi to your family for me, and, and if I didn't give your son a little shout-out, Logan is a freshman on the JV team. He's getting a little clock on the varsity, man. I like that. He, yeah. Oh, he got he got in the other night. Yeah, we had a big lead, so he got in a little bit. So he was he was really pumped up about that. So uh, so yeah, when you get home, sure. does your so when you get home, does your uh, uh, lovely wife say, "Shay, man, get the boy in the game. Come on, man." Well, she, well, she well she she always gives me that look, trying to say, "Hey, you know, is he is he dressing? Is he gonna get in?" Or you know, that's I always really, get that look for sure. Hey, that's <laughs> really cool, man. Good luck to you the rest of the way, buddy. Hey, thank you guys. Okay, thanks, uh, Shane. that is the great Shane Sumter, and yeah. I knew I knew early on. I knew early on, and and you've had assistant coaches sure. that you knew early on could be really special yes. by the way that they they knew the game, by the way they communicated the game, communicated the game, uh, the extra time they would come in uh, and and work with players. You, uh, uh, Shane would bring guards in at six a.m. in the morning. And he'd say, heck, can I bring these guys in? I said, sure, man. And, yeah, and he'd goodness, work yeah. on high ball screens. And, I mean, Shane Shane was outstanding. And uh, he's doing a, just a wonderful job now in the in the allures of high school basketball well, in the state. And, and you're, you're mentioning things with him with, where he came up with, with you as his mentor. And I'm thinking back to when uh, Jimmy Shannon grew up, the stories he was telling us about, you know, when he grew up in the 80s, coming out of high school and college and he sat on the bench with with coach norm held there at anderson and got his first start before you know he went down to north decatur and then moved on and you know it's just now he's now retired and sitting doing the things that we're doing yeah no jimmy's just their 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 tracks seem like they're so similar you know he mentioned his son playing and it kind of brought back something we're talking about the memory uh scott who's on here right now i i'm thinking that we might be a trivia and answered a trivia question because we had three generations of kings that played in the wigwam. Yeah, no, uh, that's that had to be so cool. I don't, I don't know if you know Scott played about seven seconds of that ball game, but he was a he was a freshman that year and had been playing JV and and it was a varsity only game. And I even asked the, the guys, I said, "Hey, 
can Scott come sit on the bench and we see if we can get him in for 30 seconds? And I told him exactly why. And, and we did. So, you know, my dad played there in the, in the 40s. And your dad was at that game, right? Yeah. Watching yeah. Scott get yeah, in on yeah, the court. Yeah, he was there. And we got a picture of all three of us there in front of the stage and stuff like that. So, but dad played in the old wigwam uh, across the street. And then, you know, I played, play, I was, I sat there and watched him build the new one. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that whole story is amazing. And, 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 and you talk about Jimmy Shannon. Jimmy Shannon had called me and he said, he said, hey, heck, he said, can we play a series because I want my son to play in the wigwam? Sure. And I said, and I said, just like I probably said to you, I said, Jimmy, how good are you going to be? He said, ah, we ain't going to be that good, man. He said, I just, I want my son, I want my son to come in and I, and, and I want him to, you know, to, to get a chance to play in the wigwam. And so I said, yeah, man, let's schedule this game. So how bad did he beat you? No, they were number one in the state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were number one in the state. <laughs> they say, had that. That's backfired a couple of yeah. times. No, I hadn't <laughs> had that. I mean, had that big post player, Donnie Hale, remember yes. him? Six, seven. As a yeah. matter of fact, speaking of Purdue. He played at Purdue, yes. and uh, but that's my fault. That's that's my fault for not doing research. But but I, I would certainly have done that again for Jimmy. I mean, just for the fact of his kid wanted to play on on, on the wigwam oh, court. Hey, listen, let's let's hit our sponsors a little bit here. Hit it running here too. Yeah, uh, Tony Letcher at Health Markets Insurance. Uh, they're the best man. Medicare, anything you need, the price is right. Get a hold of Tony at five seven four. 307-8882 or visit or visit him at the at his website tletcher.com. Han Funeral Home located at 505 West State Street in downtown Mish. You can call us anytime at 574-255-1474 or stop in to get any answers on any questions you might have at a very, very difficult time in your life. So um, obviously the Black Sedan Band. You got a uh, Fricks game of the week. We got to do here, I big do. boy. I do, Scott. Why don't you run my? Run where's our my? Car. Where's our car? Run. You can meet the call the people down at Fricks and drive. I'm, matter of fact, I am driving Wednesday and Thursday this week. So uh, they are still looking for people. They're always hiring people that are interested in getting their driver's ed certificate. We uh, need adult drivers. I am the youngest one down there that's a driving instructor. Sir, can the other guy see? I'm the youngest one. That's all I'm saying. See, and you're you're 68. Oh, stop it. Yes, I am. And you're the youngest, I'm and the you're youngest. the pop. I'm the youngest. But those other guys don't do anything else. That's their <laughs> they only, fall asleep at that's their, that's their only job. <laughs> no, they say they say drive me to Sonics, man. That's that's our drive that's me to Sonic and get a shake. That is one of our jokes. Is that <laughs> if they get a good drive, they say, "Yeah, I can take a nap on this one." <laughs> that's amazing. Yep. So let's go to Pop. You want to hear something funny about uh, learning to uh, operate motor vehicles? <laughs> so when I when I was at Purdue doing a uh, a flying exam, my examiner fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> and you're in the plane you're flying. flying the plane so i guess that means i was doing a pretty good job you're unofficially soloing right <laughs> that's absolutely hilarious hey you want to wake up how am i yeah. how am i doing yeah Which, what's this what's this like what's, what's this lever for it's like, that, uh, it's like that quip between two pilots that you hear uh as a joke sometimes like hey don't let me wake up to find you sleeping <laughs> yeah <laughs> Autopilot is a great thing. Hey, can you hey, can you give us our produce segment, man, so we can jump into that, man? 
Here, oh, wait, who was the who was the road team of the week? Oh, no, no, my bad. I have I need Magic Mind. I have three road teams Jeez. this week. That we, hey, I, the I segment did so them. well last week. Heck is just so excited to talk yeah. about to yeah. talk about Purdue. Yeah. But yeah. First I, things I, first. I have, I have a great week. topic too. That's right. So my road teams of the week. One's high school. Now yes. Your help. Up here in the northern part of the state, Mishawaka had a huge game at Northwood last week. And won that game 40-32, and it put them, what, first place in the conference? Well, it, so tell it, me about that. It put them uh, a first place alone in the conference now. And obviously going to Northwood, playing there is always really tough. Uh, defensively, they were amazing. I did not work that game, but to give up 32 points uh, to an Aaron Wolf coach team is really, really good. Now they can, now they control their own destiny from the standpoint of of whether they can win the conference outright. They go to Wawasee to play next week, I believe, and if they win that, they win the conference outright. So, so just a huge win at at Northwood. Uh, Concord lost uh, at, at North Ridge. So now at the top of that league, uh, Mish is five and one. Bodie Bender's just a great coach, and Concord at five and two. So it looks like they've got non some non conference games tomorrow night. Yeah, they yeah, tomorrow night they play at Adams, but but yeah. the only conference game they got left is Wawa C. They've got Wawa C uh, and then they have Penn and St. Joe the last week. Um yep. So they've got but, a few games that you're right. The conference game, they've got one. Left. Yeah, I mean, they can either win the conference outright or or if they would lose the Wawa C game to Sweet Lou, um, then they would tie for and the that conference. Looks like that's the last game because everybody yeah. else has already played. Seven yeah, that games. is the last game because because that was a, a rescheduled game. Right. So that's a that's a great road win. Who else you got, man? So all right, that was Friday night. Saturday afternoon, college men. Gonzaga goes into Rupp Arena and beats Kentucky 89-85, 18 and 6 Gonzaga. Non-conference game, but a good Saturday afternoon inter international, whatever you call that, interdivisional. Yeah. And what the big factor about Kentucky, that's their third home, home loss, loss in a row. In a row. And that's the first time ever that they've lost three in a row since they opened Rep Arena in 1976. Well, and I don't know, just a few years ago, John Calipari and Kentucky were the flavor of the month because oh. John Calipari would take all of the rising and the best freshmen. They would be the one and dones. And they would play in Kentucky for a year and then mm -hmm. and then go to the league. And John Calipari and the Wildcats have kind of fallen on well, hard times a little bit that now. 10-year period, the, the 2010s, we're like that. And Duke was like that too, if you think about it. And then uh, COVID hit. And now you got guys that are six and seven year players and throw a little NIL money in on it. Yeah. And a lot of these guys are in no hurry to, to, uh, to leave. Um, what was, what was uh, the Timmy from Gonzaga? Remember, He's how, known, yeah, yeah, remember he how good he was? He was there for four or five years. And yeah. It was like player of the year for well, Richardson too. He's from Richardson, Texas. He went yeah, to J.J. Pierce. And so, and so uh, my line always plays well there. Three hots and a cot. Yeah. You're, you're getting three hots and a cot. Now, now you're getting cash. Now you got this. And, and now you got your chicks. And here's I'm a, staying on campus with my chicks, three hots and a cot, and I got cash. And Tim, why leave? And Timmy's no fool because he goes to the pros. He's in the G. He's like MVP player of the week in the G League. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Making, I mean, making bus D League team. Yeah. And drive riding around on the back of a trailways yeah. bus. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Who's your third? All right. So my third team. Hey, a question, question for you yeah. before you move on. 
Do you think John Calipari has been overall a success at Kentucky? He's won one national championship. He's signed like the number one recruiting class pretty much almost every year. But to to have all that talent on your roster and only win one national title with, you know, generational player like Anthony Davis and Michael Kidd Gilchrist and and that group, uh, what what would you say if has has Cal been a success overall, or do you think it's been a failure? Well, so, so, so I would answer that like this: uh, the one and Duns were great for a while, but they were playing in in the NCAA tournament against teams that had third and fourth year players. And now I don't care when they got beat; that's who beat. Them. Yeah, and I don't care where those those kids were rated, what number they were rated, what service they were rated in. But they were third and fourth year players and they were experienced players. Mm-hmm. Well you so, think about the 2015 team, I think with Trey Lyles from from Tech and uh, Julius Randall and, and that group, they were what 30, 35 and zero and then lose to Wisconsin in the final four. Yeah, they yeah. had six first round picks. Yeah, and I, and, and and I don't I mean I mean I wouldn't put them in that category. I, I just I just think the parody of college basketball now 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 to answer your question, is Cal a success? Yeah, I think he's a success because to win the national championship is tough. Is tough, um, and and to repeat that is even tougher. I, yeah. If you were to start a program tomorrow from scratch, would you rather have Cal or Jay Wright or Tony Bennett? The singer Tony Bennett who put on a who put on a concert with Lady Gaga was ninety. He's alive. No, he just passed. Are you going to get hologram Tony yeah. Bennett? Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, th- I mean, Tony Bennett is a freaking great. You, you, I mean, you give Tony Bennett a little bit of talent. He, he, he coaches his brains you throw out. Throw that pack line defense. Yeah, so I, I don't know if, if, if I can, if, that, if I can answer that, but I, I will say all three of those guys are really, really, really good coaches, and I, and I think that I, I, I wouldn't mind starting a program with either I, one of those guys. Him, yeah, and that's one thing. You people that are listening at home, Scott, you can help me out. If you're on YouTube right now, you can just go right to the comments and you can give us your opinion about yeah, who you Leave are. a comment in the chat or text me. Uh, text me at uh, 214-945-4134. All right, if I you're got starting, here's the prompt for everybody. If you're starting a college basketball program, would you rather have John Calipari, Jay Wright, or Tony Bennett as your coach? Yeah, leave, leave us a note. Yes. Last one. Yesterday before the Super Bowl, I'm going to girls basketball now, women's basketball. Iowa. I'm Well, I'm talking – Iowa got beat – by at, they got beat at Nebraska. Right? Yes, that was a big, big ball game. Yeah, but yeah, because Caitlin Clark is fixing to break the all-time scoring record for the females. She is, and and they and she's on a good team, a team that could be, you know, very likely a final yes. four team. One of the, the the big game in the in the ACC. I'm going to go with the local girls, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's women went down to Tallahassee, and it was it was interesting to watch the game because it was a pink game. They had all the cancer jerseys. And what Notre Dame had white uniforms with pink lettering that said Irish on it. And Florida State was in all pink uniforms. There was, uh, there really was no cool. maroon. There was no maroon. There was no blue and gold, no green and gold, no nothing. It was all pink and white. But Notre Dame in overtime, 98-94, Notre Dame had four and double figures. Uh, Hannah Hidalgo, the good freshman, had 27. Anna DeWolf had 24. They... They came from they were and they were behind. It was a come from behind game on the road. So those are my three Fricks road teams of the week. Mishawaka at the high school. Um, you've got 
Magic Mind, Gonzaga, come on. You got Gonzaga and Kentucky. And at, against Kentucky, yes. And Scott Notre Dame. Pictures, Notre Dame's women. Notre Dame, man. Give me that. Give me that. Uh, my Purdue. Heck, be nice to Purdue. Oh, man, he's not just tall. He can shoot three. So that that is That's that great. is my be nice to Purdue because uh, Purdue just manhandled Indiana um, and just played really well. As, as we heard Shane Sumter talk, Braden Smith goes for 19. But Zach Eady comes out late in the game. They run a little pick and pop. And, and, and you know, usually with Zach Eady, it's going to be a pick and a roll to the basket and they're going to throw it up but this time he picks and he pops back out at the top of the key for a deep three they get it back to him and he knocks and he knocks in the three he banked it in didn't he yeah and the and the, oh, the place and the place goes crazy and the shot when it came out of his hand is formed to look really really good and i say I say if we can get Coach Painter on here sometime, I say that you got to let him take a couple of those, maybe one of those a game, and 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 and, and pick and pop him because it opens the lane for everybody else, and just the fact that he might take one and make one, uh, I mean, I mean, honors that guy having to guard him and maybe step up a right, little sure. bit. Sure, and, it, and it's going to make him more marketable in the pros too, well, without question. Because every every big in the pros, with the exception maybe Andre Drummond or or some of the older guys, but Vooch for the Bulls, he can pop, he can make a three. But I thought I thought that was really really, and 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 people laughed about it because uh, they've never seen him do that before. I didn't laugh about it. I thought about it from purely a basketball standpoint and purely a, a standpoint for Purdue because he's always in the paint. He's always clogging it. He's always in the post. Let him pop. Let him pop. Let him shoot 100 of these a day in practice. Let him pop and maybe look to take one. Now, I know the pundits of that statement will say, are you crazy, man? He, he, he'll get the ball in the post and score 80% of the time. Yeah, but I think it just helps his game. It's going to pull the, pull people out. It's, it's going to pull people out a little lanes. bit. Sure it is. And I, I looked at that from purely a technical standpoint, and I say I I I simply say, bravo, bravo, Zach. Way you know, to take it. It's funny because you know what that kind of reminded me of in the time of the game, and I I saw the the highlights of it. I was actually at, at the, that girls regional, so I didn't see any of the ball game, but it. The highlights it reminded me of when like like the the walk ons get in the game at the end of the game yes. scout teamers and one of them hits one of them gets a basket and the whole bench goes crazy. Yeah, well, you know who's a walk on at Purdue is Conzo Martin's son. I saw that. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah. yeah, I did see that. Conzo Martin was was just a tough tough player. But here's the stat. So, um, <laughs> I mean, before the game started, Zach Eady scored two thousand and sixty five career points. Without a, three. <laughs> without a three, without a three. Now he's got a three, and I say, I say, I say, let him do that every now and then. And obviously, if the game's tied, you can't let him do it. But let him do it early in the game. Some of those shots early in the game, uh, you know, I mean, some of those, you know, you're not going to get pulled for taking a shot early in the game, or or or, or maybe a shot clock shot. 
you know, right. let them pick, pop, and get it to them. Let them take it. Well, but but then going you know, to the game, I mean, going to the game, 79 to 59, and uh, Purdue 22 and 2, 11 and 2 in the league, IU 14 and 10, 6 and 7. Purdue's two and a half games ahead of Illinois. Yeah. With yeah. what, five to play or seven? Well, yeah, play? because Wisconsin has lost four in a row. Yeah. The Badgers have lost four in a row. Purdue's uh, in great, great shape. IU is not in great shape. And I, I mean, I mean, this is you know, talk about well, Purdue talk, heck. Let's talk about the red shirts for a little bit. But the red, but the red shirts. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know which direction the red shirts are trending in. But I don't think I don't think they're trending in the right direction. To be honest is, with you, is it fixable? I guess is the next question. Well, uh, and I don't know. I don't know that question either because I, I'm not at practice. I'm not in the meetings. I'm not. I'm not in the post game, uh, you know, uh, I mean, talks after the game, because in a lot of those, in a lot of those, uh, in, in my own personal situation, and maybe in your own personal situation, th th those weren't talks after the game. Those were rants. Uh, because I, I always wanted people to know, man, we ain't playing this game for no other reason than to come out here and win. And if you do what we do every day in practice, because to me, practice is, 10 times harder than what a game should be, right? Exactly. And if we if we do what we do in practice on a game night, then we'll be in great shape. But he, here's one thing I want to throw at you. And I saw this. I think when coaches are coaching, could be any could be Matt Painter, could be Mike Woodson, could be John Calipari, could be anybody, could be Pat King, could be heck um, when your team is winning. When your team's winning, you're up there, man. You're cheering your guy. Nice job, man. Great screen. Get back. Blah, blah. Get on the help side. Blah, blah, blah. When your team's not playing well and when your team is losing, how, as a coach, do you handle that? Uh, do you sit on the bench and act like you're watch, pouting? Right. Or are you up coaching your brains out? Because in, in my, the way I think, I think your team needs you much more when they're not playing well. That's funny. I must I must have been needed a lot because all I remember is I was walking the sideline a lot. Well, and I say that because I watched Mike Woodson and um and I, I'm not I, I'm not down on Woody, man. I'm not I'm not cracking on Woody. I'm not I'm not saying this is I'm saying I see a lot of coaches, but this brought this to my attention. Woody was just sitting on the bench, man. Sitting on the bench staring mm. and his guys are getting beat by 20. Uh, and you got to be coaching your brains out, pro, man. It's like the pro, you kidding the, me? The pro coaches sit there. They don't. They, a lot of them don't don't walk the court as much as the. Yeah, ones. I'm just saying that's when they need your help. Right. Hey, get on the help side. You hey, get up here and show. Come on, come on, show. Is Izzo's going to be walking up and down the court? That's for sure. Yeah, and so uh, that was yeah. just a bad. So that was a bad vibe mm -hmm. for me to watch. Like he's given up on them. Yeah, but it's not. But. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of young coaches, and I don't know, uh, and maybe that doesn't bother a lot of coaches. I don't know, but I'm, I'm old school. I would say you're old school. Well, there's some guys that, that did are, bother me. There's some guys that are game coaches, and there's some guys that are practice coaches, and some of them don't make adjustments very well. But you would think, with his pro experience, that he would be able to make those game time adjustments, as would the assistant coaches as well. Are we are we totally sure that his pro experience was was beneficial though? Because I'm looking at uh, basketballreference.com, 
his pro winning percentage is 463. He's he's a sub 500 NBA yeah, coach. And he was, the the only reason he even had a chance was because he had LeBron in Cleveland for a lot of it, and he had Carmelo in, in New York with the Knicks. And, and people have said that his team at IU resembles his pro teams with the Knicks. Well, yeah, because when you're coaching professional players, they're men. Yes. And even if they're one and done guys in college, um, you, you almost treat them like men because they're around men every day in practice. College guys are 18 or 19. Yeah, they ain't men yet, man. They, they need to be coached. Yes. They need to be, uh, hey, man, you ain't doing this right. You know, get on the line. And give me five suicides. Now, you're going to tell hey, Carmelo, give me five suicides. Yeah. Carmelo going to say, let me call my agent. Yeah, he's going to make more. Well, he makes more money than yeah. the coach. Yeah, let me call my agent and see if I should do this. As opposed to saying, get your ass on the line and give me five suicides until you learn how to show on a ball screen. Mm -hmm. And then when you learn how to show, then you can stop running. Right. Uh, or, or. Uh, to be able to tell and coach a kid and say, I mean, some kids you can get flat in their face. Right. Other kids, you got to go, hey, man, come here, come here. Mm -hmm. You ain't doing this right, but come here. But we're going to, you know, warm we're gonna, stuff. Yeah, we're going to work on doing this. I mean, I, I remember I'm at I'm Manchester College, man. And um, so I went to a smaller school to beat a big fish. <laughs> and I, <laughs> Manchester was great, man. Exactly. But, my, but my first year, my coach was a brethren minister, the great Claude Wolf. He's a brethren minister. Brother minister. Okay, so there ain't no cussing. There ain't no screaming at practice, um, you know. But I, I would make the same mistake three times. He'd say, hey, and our assistant coach was, was Carl Merritt. He said, hey, Carl, take Ronnie on the side and let him do he throws up. <laughs> well, I said, coach, listen. You, I gave you permission. You can cuss at me. Yeah, God, ain't gonna, God ain't going to be mad. <laughs> you can scream at me. But I'm not sure how much God likes me to be throwing up over right. here. <laughs> so there are just different ways That's to funny. do it. But um, And I wish him the best. I mean, just a great – but I just don't see it happening. And then I see the pro. Um, I mean, Matt Painter. Mm -hmm. Matt, I mean, Matt been doing it things for a long going, time. Things are going well for, the, for them. And, and they and, and they have been and they have been with the exception of tournament time. Tournament time. So that that's what I was getting ready to say. As we get closer to March, people are going to start talking about Purdue. Can they do this? Can they take that next step and 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 progress down the line in the tournament? Yeah, but I don't think Matt runs from that. I I think he acknowledges, man, we got to be able to shoot a little bit better. Right. So I got to recruit some guys that can shoot a little better, well, and he's got to be able to say. Braden and Fletcher, man, you guys are a year older now. He, and he brought that transfer in from Southern Illinois that had. I think that bit. that's going to be the thing is is if Purdue can make the Final Four, it's going to be because of Lance Jones. Lance and, Jones is the key to that. Yeah, yeah as, a, as a fifth year guy, and and he was a scorer at Southern Illinois. Exactly. So, like like last year, Purdue obviously had very obvious flaws that when you stuff the lane on Zach Eady, the the two freshmen were kind of afraid to shoot. Now this year you've got a guy like Lance Jones that has the green light. He will shoot he will shoot you out of a slump. And and Mason Gillis is, has been huge too. I think he's uh behind just behind Jamison Battle from Ohio State is the the number one and two three point percentage guys in the conference. So I mean, I don't think that the young freshmen were afraid to shoot. I think they just got wore down mentally and physically at the end. Yeah. Hey, hey, before you go, 
Just no, I ain't going because I got I got one I, I got another thing to say. Okay, college football. Well, I was going to tell you right now within the Big Ten, if the Big Ten tournament started right now, yeah, the the teams that would get the double by the top four teams right now are Purdue, Illinois, Wisconsin, and Northwestern. They wouldn't have to play till Friday, so they'd get the double by, and then the next ones are Michigan State, Minnesota, Nebraska, and Penn State. Wouldn't have to play till Thursday. Then the rest of them would have to play. The other six would have on to play Wednesday. on Wednesday to get to Thursday and to get to Friday. Yeah, that so so it, it you know it doesn't matter. And and, and, and that one will of those teams every game. And one of those teams can say, yeah, we we we're not playing for first place, but you are playing for seeding. Mm-hmm. You are playing for seeding. College football, the SEC distributed fifty one point three million dollars to all of its fourteen schools. The so 53 times 14 of uh, 51.3 million times to 14 each school. Divi- okay. So, that's so 741 million divided not, by not, not 14. divided by 15. Divided by 14. 51.3 million for each school, for each school in the SEC. Second only to the Big Ten, who each school got 58.8 million. From the conference. Now you know where this is all coming from. TV, a TV revenue, uh, the Big Ten Network, and Peacock, and uh, the the tournament distributions mm-hmm. because you get so much money uh, f- for going to the tournament, and and you have to split half of that with your conference, and then the other half goes to your school. So, it, so I mean, people that say that it ain't about money. Are you kidding me? But that's, that's all it's about. Well, and that's that, all it's about. And Scott, you mentioned. Uh, well, and then the new uh, the new it. thing with the Big Ten for football is CBS is dumping the SEC. Yeah, um, and and ESPN and I think ESPN is just going to be the the sole provider of SEC because ESPN owns the SEC network, and so the big the Big Ten will be with Fox, CBS, and and NBC slash so Peacock. That, that three thirty game on Saturdays will now be a Big Ten game. Correct. On CBS. Yeah, so it is about money. And sure Pete Bell, Pete Bell had it right. Neon didn't want a car. It was always, it's always about money, but it was money under the table. Pitchers and catchers. I wrote this stuff week down about baseball. Pitchers and catchers this week for Scott Boer's clients that are not signed. Cody Bellinger, Matt Chapman, Jordan Montgomery, Blake Snell. Scott Boris wants to get him a certain amount. There he is, Texas Rangers, eh? <laughs> Jordan Montgomery. But Scott Boris says, you ain't signing unless you get X amount of dollars. And the players and the players are controlled by Scott Boris because I know Cody Bellinger wants to go to Chicago, but Scott Boris wants to get him 200 mil, north of 200 mil. Ooh, what, and the years? Cubbies. Five years? Yeah, and the Cubbies will say, I don't know. I'll give you 150 for five years. Mm-hmm. So – Pitchers and catchers, man, they're getting excited. I know it, Scott. You got any questions? What you had a couple of questions earlier. Yeah, yeah. so I had. Uh, we don't have any more comments from the YouTube chat, so I guess my uh, I guess my open ended question kind of fell on deaf ears, but that's all right. I'll I'll put it on the YouTube video when I publish it later. Okay. Um, but I did get two texts uh, during the week. Um, who do you want to hear from first? Do you want to hear from our guy in Columbus about Chris Holtman, or do you want to talk about that? Uh, uh, TV show. Yeah, no, let's talk about TV show. The White Shadow, man. You kidding me? So I got a question from the 443, which is in Baltimore. 
um, who right. discovered our channel from the uh, very popular segment about Purdue where the producer destroys Indiana fan with facts and logic. So <laughs> if you're not, if you're watching us on YouTube and you're not subscribed, subscribe to the YouTube channel so you can uh, see all this stuff and, and get our numbers going up. We had, uh, last I checked, we were at like 2,650 views on that on that YouTube segment from last week. So that's that's we awesome. Big, that's we hit the that's time. beyond what I thought we were going to get. I thought when I when I saw the number and I thought it would get to like 200 throughout the week, I thought that'd be great. But we're over we're pushing 3,000. So that's awesome. So uh, from one of our new watchers, good job, big boy. Yeah, great job, guys. Like, like yeah, what we do <laughs> from uh, from one of our new watchers, he says yeah, somebody actually believed it. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he says, any chance you guys could ever discuss the White Shadow TV series, maybe even an episode on it and your takes or memories, etc., or locate Tim Van Patten, a.k.a. Salami, and see about an interview appearance. Anyhow, show some love for Coach Reeves. Quinn Buckner ain't no Kenny Reeves, because we were talking about uh, Quinn Buckner was instrumental in, in hiring Woody at, at oh, IU. Right, yeah, I, so I do remember watching the show. Uh, I, I would love... So, so, so I would love to Brit or talk about this next week and go back and maybe watch a couple of of the of the episodes because I do I think that'd be a that'd be a fun off season thing to do like in the dog days of the summer just do a rewatchable series where you guys watch one episode a week and then come on here and talk about it. Me, is that all, we don't have to advertise what yeah, me, no, me TV or my TV? That's or? that's me TV, but. But you could, I mean, you get any episode on YouTube, but oh, yeah. I do, I do remember it. And I used to watch it all the time. And, uh, I think the coach coached at an inner city high school and it was just, it was, it was just episodes where the, there would be problems and he would coach them up. And, uh, I just, I mostly thought, I thought it was courts, a great show. Mostly off the court stuff. The game, well, the game it, itself was, you know, it was like a minor part. Of well, yeah. It. I mean, it's, it's real life stuff. Yeah. It's real life yeah. stuff that we faced. Uh, and you, our, got, you guys can relate to that quite a bit being at, at the schools you were at for so yeah. long, where at, oh, yeah. at some point you were the only white guys on the team. Yeah, no, and, and um, it was sometimes the only white guy in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and uh, oh, I was there for a lot of them. Yeah, it was just a uh, um, a, a deal where where as a coach we wore a lot of hats. We, we wore a coaching hat, Chicago Bear coaching hat. We wore a counselor hat. We wore a parent hat. We wore a friend hat to some of those kids. We wore a disciplinary hat to some of those kids, and it wasn't just it wasn't just about coaching basketball. And then today, and then today, all, all those years later, and I know you do too. I get text, I get phone calls, I get, "Hey, coach, man, just just wanted to just wanted to hear your voice, man. Uh, thanks for all the things you did for us. Hey, coach, I got this issue, man. Can you help me out with this?" And it's all those things that we imparted on those kids many years ago that really had nothing to do with V cuts or post feeds or anything. It was life. I, I agree. And Scott, you'd appreciate this. I posted something on the Instagram thing about the one of uh, the guy from the Mavericks that threw that half court behind the back pass this week. And uh, one, of, one of your former teammates down at Madison, Nick Macon, uh, made a comment about that saying, I'm going to try that pass. And I, I commented back to him. I said, and you'll be heading for the bench at the next buzzer <laughs> like that. And then he commented back says, yep, I can already hear you saying, get the, you got too much mustard on that hot dog. But, but, but here's the question. 
what if the pass was successful and it led to a run out layup and you won the game? He still said his ass. No, 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 no. Yes, yes, yes. Nice shot. Good pass, man. (laughs) One of those Maravich situations. Yeah. Well, what's your other question, man? Well, hey, you just brought up a really good point about Pete Maravich and and, uh, Zach Eady pushing into the the top of Purdue's all-time scores. Can we do? Can we appreciate a little bit how prolific of a scorer Zach Eady has been without shooting threes in his career? Because you look at the top four of Purdue's all-time scoring list, it's Rick Mount who did it without a three-point line, mm-hmm. Joe Barry Carroll, and Etwan Moore, and then Zach Eady. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, I didn't know Etwan Moore was that high up there. But he's number okay. three. Really, really. Yeah. No, and 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 that just—I mean, that's. Uh, Matt Painter saying we're running offense through Zach Eady. Old school basketball. We're running offense through him. Now, now whether he shoots it or whether he commands a double and then he kicks it and we and we go two passes around mm-hmm. for a good look at a shot, offense is going through Zach Eady. And, and, and I often wonder when I watch the games or do games why coaches don't take their best player and say, we're going to run offense through you. That doesn't mean you're shooting every time. But when you get the ball, the defense will react a certain way, mm-hmm. and now you can make a play to get somebody else open. That, that's, that, that's a great testament to, to Coach Painter and his staff and his big man coach and all that in running offense through him. And, he's had a couple and you of think about how, how unreal the uh, scoring prowess of somebody like Pete Maravich was, or, or Rick Mount for that matter, to do it without a three-point line and to do it where – they weren't allowed to play varsity sports as freshmen back then because they're i see the i see the graphics of of caitlin clark getting ready to pass kelsey plum for the all-time women's points lead and and some of the graphics include pete maravich on there too and it's just a world of pete maravich is in a world of his own even uh with antoine davis getting close uh last year i think it was for for pistol pete to do it in three years without a three-point line i i Somebody may break the record, but I think a lot of people are going to kind of think of, of Pete Maravich's scoring record, kind of like Hank Aaron's home run record. Where it's your number like, of the, teams played. Yeah, the, the number may be eclipsed, but the, the fashion in which it was done, I don't think will ever be done again. Well, and we grew up watching Pete Maravich. Sure we did. And his, his, his dad, his dad, Press Maravich, was tried, his coach. Tried to imitate him. Yeah, and uh, the floppy socks, the, the long hair. If if you really study his games, he was a he was just a great individual uh, basketball player. He well, could shoot it, could get to the rack, and could just make plays. And one of the guys that, that I grew up watching play there in Anderson, Jerry Shockey, played at Madison Heights with, with Jimmy Reginald. He went to LSU. He played with Maravich. Wow, it's amazing. So we, we heard stories about that too. Last question, Scott. All right, we could go about on about that all day. So we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the last one. This comes from uh, Bill in Columbus. He says, with Chris Holtman's recent struggles at Ohio State, what's your guys' opinion on firing coaches in the middle of the season? Who would be some hot names to replace him? And is Ohio State a destination job for a basketball coach? Kind of falls into that same deal with uh, with with Notre Dame because Ohio State's a great football school, mm-hmm. and Notre Dame is too. And listen, uh, you're the basketball coach; just don't get in trouble. Right? J- just don't bring any, re- any any bad recognition uh, to us. But I think but I think Ohio State is more because the Big Ten in basketball 
is a conference and they're a part of that. Notre Dame doesn't have a conference right. in basketball. So I, I don't I don't think that they would replace him midseason, but it wouldn't surprise me that if they didn't if they didn't replace him though. Because it's because it's been a couple of years now. Uh, I, I think his his conference record maybe the last two years is maybe five and twenty or, or something along those good. lines. Yeah, it's really bad. And, well, and one thing we talked about earlier too was it, Ohio State's going through a transition with athletic directors. Is that right? Yes. So Gene Smith, the current AD, is retiring at the end of June. Ross Bjork, who was the AD at Texas A&M, has already been named as his replacement. Ohio State also has a new university president in Ted Carter, who is a retired four-star Navy admiral, who is replacing Christina Johnson as the university president. So there's a lot of turnover in the athletic department. So I think it'll be interesting to see because there is no loyalty to any of the coaching staff within the athletic department who who stays and, and who goes because I had mentioned this before we even started that um, men's basketball and football are the only two profitable sports at Ohio State. I think football made like 50 million last year and basketball made like 10. Um, so well, they, so well, do they, you, got, they got 58 million from the Big Ten <laughs> Conference. So well, really. right. But and and the thing too with with Ohio State basketball is all due respect to Notre Dame, I, they're in two different classes of uh, of football dominated schools because uh, obviously football is king at Ohio State, but I mean the basketball program has been to Final Fours, they've been to national title games, they've, they've had they've had dudes in the past. I mean John Havlicek, yeah. Bob Knight, Greg Oden, Mike Conley, Greg Oden, Mike Please. Conley, Mark Titus. Yes, jump a couple Mark Titus from Brownsburg. Yeah, <laughs> but it, or are they? The timing is bad for ch making changes because those new people aren't coming in until summer, yeah. right? So if you're going to make a change in the coaching, you're going to do that in March. So because of that, I but the AD I, wouldn't have retired yet. So exactly, do you, so, so they're not going to make the change. They're not going to. That conversation is going to happen a year from now. Yeah, and 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 you know, I mean, buyouts and all that stuff is is always included, but I'm not sure with money at Ohio State if that's a problem. Hey, one last thing before we go. We've got another who, team in the one, state doing well. One more last last thing on on that question. Who would All who right. would you get to to replace him? Would you call Jay Wright or would you, who I mean you have well, basically have a blank check from anybody who who are you calling? I mean I'm, I mean I think all those guys like Jay Wright that have been out of the game and if if the if and the money won't matter cuz the money's going to be big. Um, you, you got a guy like Dusty May, who we always talk about uh, at Florida Atlantic, who who who, would, who yeah. we would think would you know would come up and, and maybe be a great guy at IU. But there's all there's just a plethora of great young. I mean, Chris Holtman was a great young coach. Spent a couple of years at Butler. Uh, I mean, I mean, didn't have a long coaching life. Spent a couple years at Butler and and then goes to Ohio State and and has a great I mean has a great run at Ohio State. He's just down on his luck. I don't know if it's players. I don't know if if things just aren't going right. But he but he I mean he was not an established coach, and so I think I think there's just a ton of guys like that. As a matter of fact, you might go to Terre Haute to and you may get the coach at Terre Haute. They're twenty two and three. 11 and 1 in the valley they're ranked 23rd in the country and it's the first time since the Larry Bird era that they've been ranked in the top 25 uh, in the country so shout out to the Indiana State Sycamore 
uh, we'll follow them a little bit more here yeah. as 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 we get down to the NCAA. They've got a two game lead on Drake and four game lead on Bradley. I mean, they are yeah, and, and lead, leading the leading the conference in the Valley. In the Valley, typically, unless it's a powerful Valley league, is a one school yeah, is a one school in because Wichita State Wichita State had great runs, mm-hmm. and if they didn't win the Valley tournament. They weren't getting in, so 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 we'll follow Indiana State here. So your your new the new poll came out today. UConn is one, Purdue is two, Houston three, Marquette is four. And I mentioned Marquette because tomorrow night I'm going to Indianapolis. So and I mentioned Marquette because a, a a high school classmate of mine, Billy Scholl, is the athletic director at Marquette. Well, I'm going to see them play. I'll be at Hinkle tomorrow night. Scott, you mentioned uh, one more thing, high school. Huge game in Indianapolis tomorrow night, right? Yes, Fishers and Lawrence we, North. Fishers and Lawrence North play tomorrow night. Yeah, we just we, we talked to Jimmy Etherington uh, last week and and uh, Lawrence North. Since we talked to Jimmy, they they've lost a couple. Uh, but hey, thanks to the, the great Shane Sumter for for getting on with us. We had a little bit of a glitch technically. I'm Polish. He's German. We're basketball coaches, man. Sometimes. It it's amazing happens. we got this set up rolling now, right? We did pretty well, and you notice we, we did we, good. It was a quick fix. It was we, a quick we, we fix. We got a good help on the other end. But but stay with us, folks. Uh, thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for your views last week. And and again, Scott, you're the best man. You you you. I mean, you make a couple of us slaps look pretty good, man. We had twenty six hundred people watch one of our YouTube videos. That's that's pretty good stuff. Yep. There he there's is, man. Leroy. There's, there's Leroy Scott. Thanks for all you do, man. And and be safe in the air, brother. All right. We'll talk to you guys next show, week. Man. All right, that was man. much better. I like the fist bump. Uh, so I will, uh, I will tell everybody, subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure and hit the thumbs up button on the video. And uh, I'm going to play us out with uh, the Big Ten's best three-point shooter. It's Zach 3D. <laughs> I, I saw that. On a switch guarded by Ware. Edie at three. Ah! Who says I can't hit three? What? Who said it? We're given the opportunity. I'll practice. And I'll be able to make threes when I get to the NBA. But right now, they don't need this from me. Matt, listen. We all jokes aside. Thank you.